Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 32, CJ Starkey. CJ is an old friend of mine. I met him my sophomore year in college at VCU, and uh, I think I met him, he says I met him through my sister, I can't even remember, but we had other mutual friends, uh, including his roommate Courtney and and her roommate Stacy. Well, I, I didn't know Stacy till. I met CJ, but whatever. Um, we quickly kind of bonded over music, and CJ was just was a guy that had all the the new shit and the latest shit, and was constantly turning me on to new bands. And um, it was really the the ni- nexus of '90s rock and roll. And I mean, I probably heard. Uh, I mentioned I heard Soundgarden the first time through him and Faith No More. I heard the first time through him and uh, Jane's Addiction. Like lots of those kind those kinds of bands. CJ was the guy that a you know played it played that stuff for me for the first time. Made me tapes and then uh, then uh, took me to the shows or encouraged me to go to see various bands. And I think prior to meeting him, I didn't really go to. Uh, little club shows very much i had just come out of high school and i mainly had been to the big hair metal events at the richmond coliseum which incidentally we did this interview in the marriott hotel um because cj's in town for the richmond tattoo arts festival which is at the convention center this weekend november 22nd through the 24th and uh we were overlooking you could look down on the coliseum from where we were and uh it was really, it was kind of interesting to, I remember, all, I haven't set foot in that place in probably 20 years, and I have no idea what they do in there anymore, but anyway, um, it was great to, I haven't seen CJ, uh, we sort of, uh, he left Richmond for Utah when I was um, in New York, and we haven't, this is really the first time that I've seen him or talked to him other than little interactions on Facebook since then, and uh I had gotten the idea in my head because he's so involved in tattooing that he is tattooing, but he's not. He's actually just really involved in the promotion and and uh, things around it, and he's come up with a couple of really kind of cool projects. Uh, one of them is a little um, more in the norm. He made a really great book uh, called Board to Lose, which is a collection of uh, skateboard art um, done by tattoo artists. Um, of skateboards that have have tattoo artist art on them and uh you can get that through cj you can probably just look up cj on facebook he's dj curtis strange on there but probably also look up board to lose and find his website at time of me turning on this mic i have not done that but um, but the really cool thing that he uh, gave me is this deck of tarot cards uh each card designed by a different tattoo artist and it's really fascinating Flacco Productions LLC, so maybe that's CJ, F-L-A-C-O. Um, really dug it. He actually didn't give it to me. He gave it to Morgan, my girlfriend, but uh, I have it. That's how that goes. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, a meandering, interesting conversation about uh, a lot of different stuff, and uh, I had to compete with his uh, yinglings while we were at it, but that's cool. Um so yeah, you know, get your ass down to the uh, Tattoo Arts Festival. You can 
make, I mean, I don't know if what appointments are still available, but you can still just kind of go out and check out what's going on there. There's a lot of guys that you wouldn't normally be able to get tattooed by. I'm sure gals too, uh, who are there just for these two days. So, um, yeah, I got a couple comp tickets, which I'm probably not going to be able to use. So if you hear this and, uh, you want them, uh, hit me up on the tantric conversation website or on the Facebook page. By the way, I, uh, you know, I'm still looking for some, uh, little, uh, you know, donations, uh, based on your appreciation of these lovely intimate conversations I have with friends and people I want to be friends with or whom I find interesting and, uh, could, you know, certainly use your support in getting set up in this new, uh, dive that I'm moving into in Churchill. It, I just was up there yesterday looking at it and it was, they let the fucking Virginia creeper grow all over the siding of the house and fucking vines have grown up in the attic. Classic. I start pulling those fucking things out of there. It's going to need some work, but it's a cheap house. Um, but, you know, hook a brother up. Um, but I understand there are people out there who've hurt themselves and can't work and don't have insurance and maybe your dollars are going to them and not just my little whiny ass who's... Uh, with my first world problems of uh, just not getting along with my roommate. That's cool. I understand. But, uh, hey, I don't, you know, the money is not as important as seeing. I know that there are a lot of you listening to these out here. And, um, you know, it just goes out into the ether. And I'd love to hear some feedback, positive or negative. You know, it's always, it's conversation. So be a part of it. And uh, without any more We'll get on into CJ. It's because if you ain't clapping, I know you're whacking. <laughs> where did you do that? Uh, here? In yeah, but where? Country? Candy bar? Or? Uh, what was it called? Red Light Inn? The Red Light Inn? Oh, yeah, on Gray Street? Yep. Holy shit. Let's move that mic yeah. up a little. You can, like, raise the arm on the boom stand there. Damn, Red Light Inn? Hey, can you kill that TV, Morgan? All right. I don't want to listen to NFL today. You, you're into sports, though? I like the football. I like. I used to like the NASCAR. NASCAR, huh? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. That's yeah. true. True to your Virginia Beach roots. No, no, no. All right, I'll bring it back. You want to get into how I fell in love with NASCAR? Yeah, why not? All right. I lived on Davis Street and uh, used to kind of go to school at VCU and, <laughs> and drink a bunch. And I had a really cool apartment and uh, had a nice VCR and. A decent tv and i really liked ministry and i'd watch this ministry vhs tape every night and go to sleep was it jesus built my hot rod no no it was in case you didn't feel like showing up it was their live thing Uh. and uh fall asleep with that but like i had uh all my speakers or two out of the four speakers around my bed and i'd fall asleep listening to ministry watching that video and then it would kick off the vcr would kick off and uh I guess somehow it was on, you know, NASCAR didn't get as much coverage then, but maybe ESPN or whatever it was, and it would come back on. In the middle of the night? In the I, middle of the afternoon yeah. on oh, the Sundays. Afternoon. Okay. And that droning and like that, it just kind of kept me asleep. And then one day, I like to drink Budweiser, and so I was like, oh, I like that number 11 car, that Bill Elliott car. And uh, I just kind of had some innate knowledge of the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because it had been, it'd been it subliminally been getting into your head while you were... Osmosis or ah. whatever you call that shit. So I started doing that and then, you know... The hypnotic repetition of the... Rrr, rrr, 
when the guy's yeah. talking about the bill. Yeah. Totally. Like, like golf is the best. The power thing to of suggestion. To. Yep. And then, you know, the racetrack, we could see it from right here. Just ride my bike out there. You know, it was cheap back then. And started getting into it and like, uh, you know, working in the bars, get free tickets to it or just fucking ride my bike out there and go to the race, wow. get free cigarettes. <laughs> you could, uh, trade in you could trade in like if you had a pack of camels and you had one cigarette mm-hmm. from camel or the winston girls would be like oh you just put one in that and they'll give you two packs of winston's for that so i'd go over there barter sell those cigarettes what time? scott staten he'd put them in the fucking uh-huh. metro and so yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> in the cigarette machine I'd get a backpack full of fucking cigarettes the old I think metro called a, a straw buy or something uh-huh the atf um, so this you're in town for Tattoo Festival. What is its official name? The Richmond Tattoo Arts Festival. Richmond Tattoo Arts Festival, and this is your third year doing it. Yep. What made you decide to uh, from Utah uh, planner this? I mean, you're pl- one of the planners of it, or yeah, for sure. Um, basically, when Nate when Nate and I moved out to um, Utah from here, and who is Nate? Nate Drew. Uh, my business partner, mm-hmm. he uh, tattooed out here for a while. He's back and forth. He lives in Utah now. Um, he was with Red Dragon. Billy Billy Eason was running it mm-hmm. for, uh, I guess, let's see, 19 years before we took it over. Um, so it is connected to that. It's like the... Completely. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Before that, Crazy Ace Daniels had it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they did it out at the Coger Center, which you probably remember, like, yeah, late I, 80s and stuff. Uh-huh. Did it, and it we're in our 21st year with it. Um, a shitty band I was in played at two of them out there. Oh, yeah, awesome! Like, and we went to the after party up uh, in the room. Oh, some strippers and the football sec- bats and their sex show things. would yeah. be more accurate. Yeah. And yeah, drugs, sex and show, all that good stuff. But that was back then. Now it's a much more it's a family, little, it's a family oriented. oriented. Uh-huh. Yeah, we mm-hmm. have a children's area. Right. <laughs> the uh, first year that we did it, um, we got a little bit of negative feedback because people were like where's that room you know like, where are the girls I don't see anything in anyone's ass like what's going on here like, like uh, we don't roll that way uh, you know the ODC I'm sure Jerry Bird or Billy Polaris will see somewhere where can easy man watch <laughs> out don't talk about Billy man oh speaking of just walking down the street today they had a couple cool notices on the uh, ODC oh yeah Yes, uh, like the orange ones? No, from the city, like after the 4th of December, they're shut down. Oh, yeah? I guess so. I don't know. I can't believe it's lasted as long as it has. But I, I made some kind of a joke in a record review. I think it was actually for Queens of Stone Age rated R, that first song, you know, Feel Good Hit of the Summer. Nicotine, yeah, I made heroin, this. Vicodan, marijuana, ecstasy, and alcohol. That's the one. <laughs> and I said that that was like a re, uh, random sampling of any any patron of the ODC's urine on any given night. <laughs> Something like that. And uh, Gotta add chlamydia. Yeah, it flowed a little better in print. But anyway, he the next time he saw me, he, was like, he took me aside, and there was a like a heavy standing there. Oh, he yeah. was like, that's not cool, man. I'm <laughs> uh, like, I was just kidding around, man, you know? And he was, yeah, he was, he was not pleased. He put a little intimidation on me. So you gotta watch out, man. Ah, long, long arm of the Greek mafia. They got, so, they got some in Utah too. so what is the the deal with? I've been to one of these before. What are they, what, what is a tattoo festival exactly? 
Uh, it's basically a chance for people to get tattooed by artists from all around the country, all around the world, that they wouldn't normally have the chance to, to uh, you know, either they'd have to travel and set up an appointment right. with someone that like that. And this one's a super high caliber artist, handpicked. They come into town and tattoo, mm-hmm. set up appointments with everyone, you know, with the internet and everything. It's a, it's a lot easier. It's a lot less like walk up type stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's a, a budget show where you can go and get discount swap meet tattoos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, not that at all. But it's uh, that, and then the camaraderie of the artists that don't, you know, there's a there's a whole circuit. There's a lot of people that do tattoo conventions all the time. Uh, there's some people that don't handpick which ones they go to but it's uh the people get together they hang out a lot of a lot of knowledge is shared back and forth people sell their flash original mm-hmm. paintings it's really moved a lot towards uh people selling paintings mm-hmm. and flash and, and the original art that the tattoo would be based on yeah mm-hmm. or i mean like a, a lot of people you know with tattooing it's a is flash like the the set stuff that you'll have on the wall? Yeah, like, like that's six like or seven a, pieces that uh-huh. you see on the wall. That's that's like a flash seat, um, you know. And then like a lot of people are the their backs are going out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to happen. And from leaning over doing tattoos, on all them. kinds of horrible contortions to do that. And uh, so a lot. Of, I mean, there's a real big movement into everyone painting mm-hmm. and and selling prints or selling the originals and. Uh, you know, kind of to subsidize that. Interesting. Yeah. I, it's a thing that I hadn't really considered. Like, I know a lot of people that are really into tattoos, and they, and they consider it collecting art, and I never really thought about it that way before. Like, except they are the wall. For sure. You know? And is, uh, how long have you been doing it, anyway? Well, shit, I used to hang out at uh, Way Cool, mm-hmm. like, right when I moved up here. Was that on... The one on Grace? On Broad. Broad. Right up the street from uh, Metro Rockets. Oh, yeah, yeah, Crazy yeah. Crazy Aces place. Yeah. yeah, man, I wasn't. I didn't really, you know. That was one of, wasn't one of the circles that I... So you you got to fill me in on a lot. Well, there. like, uh, when I started working at, like, Metro, and uh, Jeff Eden and Jason Hobby were coming mm-hmm. in a lot and hanging there, and I'd go up there and hang out with them. And uh, Ace did shows here, and then he did one in Pittsburgh in 1991. And I went up there and and helped out, and that's that's another story that we can't probably we can talk about. We can talk about whatever we want. It's, it's not fucking, fucking radio, man. It's, just, <laughs> I know. I, it's a that, podcast. That shit was wild. Uh, shit got crazy there. I got sent home. If it's, if it's, Do you uh, wanna, if it's yellow, it's not mellow. It's crank. <laughs> 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 got my nose broken. It's pretty awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was fun. But yeah, so Ace was kind of doing that. You know, Ace ran with the Pagans, and uh, he had the convention before Billy had it, and then Billy Billy got that and did it out there at the Coger Center, and uh, and Nate worked for Billy uh, for a while when we lived together, and then we started that Red Dragon that was mm-hmm. next to Crack Donald's, mm-hmm. the house I had on Broad or the mm-hmm. apartment that Scott had. We painted that, did all that stuff, like showed him that, and Billy ended up renting that and getting that spot and opening the tattoo shop in there. Hmm. And then uh, Nate and I moved to Utah, kind of get the fuck out of here. When it Why'd was, you pick Utah? He was moving here. Um, he, he His brother, who was my neighbor on the Gray Street house, uh, was that Grayson Allen or whatever? Was that... Well, I've, right I've, by the transvestite corner? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you, I remember I lived on Monument right there. Mm-hmm. 
when I met Nate, um, his brother lived next to between the halfway house. Was this a corner house that was real big? Like it was between that alley, that alley, the gravel alley, and then there was a corner right there where all the oh yeah yeah okay cross street from Martin Agency. I can't believe how hazy yeah where the Martin Agency started out right yeah yeah so he was um, his brother was teaching here at the U or not the U uh, that's University of Utah Um, he was teaching here and lived down the street like two doors down it was like a his brother's house, a halfway house, and then the original Vale house. Ah. So I ended up meeting Nate, and we became friends, and he was uh, starting his tattoo, you know, apprenticing. And, well, he wasn't apprenticing. He worked out at Creative Designs out in Petersburg and uh, off Hall Street and did all that. And we just became friends, and then he was going to move out to Utah because his brother was teaching at the University of Utah. And he had been in visiting a couple times. I don't know if you remember Jay Wright at all. Vaguely, yeah. He was already out there. I think he had gotten some trouble, and his family was uh, sent him out there to to hang out and we gave him some like startup money to start the shops. And, and this is when again? Ninety ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay, so I was in New York when this was yeah. going on. Yeah. And like uh, everyone saw Train Spotting a couple years before and started fucking doing dope in this town. Just mm-hmm. went to shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was pretty pissed off. I was working at hole in the wall, and I could see the I could see the hole in the wall from my from my uh, living room or what have you at the warehouse. And I was like doing the kitchen, and everyone else they did. We all pulled tips, mm-hmm. and everyone uh, kind of cut the middleman out, cut the kitchen guy out, so they didn't have to share the tips. And two hundred dollars missing from the tab. I'm gonna throw everyone under the bus on this heroin shit right mm-hmm. now. But uh, yeah, so. Like they blew me off all the time, and well, those guys know who they are, man. They know, <laughs> and uh, and that was when there was the apartment across the street from there where Derby's used to be, or something that from Hole in the Wall. Then they would, it was sort of a back and forth thing. Like the guy who owned Hole in the Wall at that point, uh, Chang. Chang, yeah, yeah. I was I gonna, I was gonna leave his name out. Fuck him. So he he was gonna open a sushi joint over there or something, but he didn't get around to it because everybody's doing dope and they're just up there. Yeah, there's two hundred dollars yeah. missing from the tab every day, and I was yeah. like one guy that didn't have the key to the place, so obviously I'm not doing dope and I'm mm-hmm. a dick. Um, so they cut me out, and I can mm-hmm. see it from the apartment right there on Crack Donald's. You know, I can see someone riding up on their bike, and because I needed to get an hour early, start the stock, do the whatever mm-hmm. prep. And then we did, we actually, at that time, there was a sushi guy doing sushi three nights a week. Mm-hmm. Sushi at Hole in the Wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last pretty, place I did, but it was good, good, huh? It was rad. It was a uh, shot, uh, shot o'clock and beer 30. So mm-hmm. we'd meet at the corner and do a shot every hour and have a beer every half hour. It was a good thing, but, you know, like any good thing that you put heroin into will go downhill. Mm-hmm. Anyways... So, oh yeah, well, I remember some of those guys when I lived in New York. I lived on a heroin block, and one night two of two of them came, you know, driving all the fuck the way up to New York from Richmond because they couldn't score in Richmond. Wow. Tried to score on my block, and I was like, "They should." The Giuliani shut that down, man. It's not happening anymore. In fact, if I were you, I wouldn't try it. <laughs> Just right. walking up to anybody on any of these streets here, like Scott Whelan got arrested, <laughs> you know, and uh, and they drove all the way back to Richmond. Holy shit! Yeah. And they know who they are, so I'm not going to mention the names. But I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe we don't have to keep that. Anyway. So, yeah. Those, <laughs> so, those pricks. I'm going to put that out there with a capital P. Um, they, yeah. I saw that, what they were doing, and uh, Nate was uh, hanging at his house. And we just was like, man, I'm going to come over and hang out. And uh, we hung out. Took 
four letters. I think it was MDMA or something like that. <laughs> Had some ecstasy, and he was like, you should move to Utah with us. And I was like, I don't know. I, it's been a long time since I've taken a geography class. I don't even know where the fuck that place is. He had not been drinking for a while. I was like, if we go and have some drinks and go tell everyone to fuck off at the ODC later on, I will move there with you in seven days. So that's what we did. Wow. We jumped into a car. And you didn't and know you were moving someplace where you can't get full strength beer. Oh, whatever. That's a myth. You haven't <laughs> been there yet. You can get full strength beer. I know. It's true. I have. It's awesome. Utah's fucking rad. I like the desert, man. I like those desert-related areas. I've, I've been to Arizona and... Uh, and Nevada, and I love Arizona. That's beautiful, Sedona. Yeah, we have a, a little spot called Wendover. It's on the, it's on Interstate 80 on the Utah Nevada state line, and it's got like four casinos, and they're cheap and awesome. And uh, about 20 minutes outside of Salt Lake City, once you round the, the hills, you're just in fucking 180 degree fucking sky. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, I never knew there were that many stars. It's kind of amazing. The desert has this. Uh, this hum to it it's it's like a dead place but it's not a dead place it's like there's some kind of heavy energy for sure there. i sound like a total hippie it's, it's, it, no it's it's rad i've i've had to like pull the car over and just lay on my back and just look up at the stars and it's it's mind-boggling like it's kind yeah. of a place where you don't take shit for granted you know oh, hell no. <laughs> but i did and like yeah. i was like shit i could have you know totally been oops i fell asleep and i could have totally been bitten by a scorpion or yeah like, yeah but, like it makes you really humble. It makes you mm-hmm. really feel small, but yet connected. It's uh, the light pollution. You know, we're sitting here and we can see that big ass moon, but can mm-hmm. you see another star? Nah. No. You can even on the porch in Salt Lake City, you can see four thousand. But mm-hmm. you get out there and it's infinite. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that from like being up in the mountains where you can't see your hand in front of your face in the tent. You go outside and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. But you know, it's weird. Like. I mean, I re- there was a period of time where you and I spent a lot of time together, like I, 1989, 90, maybe, 91. Like, I think you really got me into going to small shows, like small rock shows. Like, prior to that, I just went to the Coliseum or whatever, and I think I was a little intimidated by the going to, like, Rockets or the Metro, or whatever it was called at that point, and all those places. Metro. And you were just like, show every night. Let's go to a show. Let's Hell go to a yeah. show. Let's go see bands. And then come over to the house for, and we do pre-party, pre-party posse, posse. <laughs> at my place Pretty or your cute. place Hell yeah. <laughs> every time I get in my fucking car and plug in my iPhone the first thing it puts on is Soundgarden because it's A-sides so it's like the first in the catalog so it automatically goes to that and I was I got in the car and remembered you were the first person to play Ultra Mega OK for me I mean turn me on to a lot of shit back then and that's what i you know i remember you as is as a dj as a guy who's you know always had the new music always had the new shit and was really excited about it, enthusiastic but i had no i you came to vcu for art right yeah i guess i mean you were you drawing like i mean how did you didn't just start drawing when you started tattooing right you had i never i've only made a couple chicken wing tattoos i don't tattoo at all oh you don't no really no oh shit yeah I thought you were actually doing it. So, yeah. so what is your uh, what is your main gig then? Uh, I, I make these tattoo conventions. Me and Nate do these. You've uh, always been a promoter. A little bit of, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Did a little bit of publishing. Did a, a skateboard tattoo book uh, called Bored to Lose. It failed. Got a copy for you. Love um, the one. Did a, the raddest project that I've done in a minute is a tarot card deck that I had all different artists 
design a different oh, cool. card that was like i kind of shuffled a deck and assigned the card to each of them and turned out really well like really like more than i could and uh i have trouble sleeping because i i'm always looking you know for that next project to see what it what it what it turns out to be and you're always guessing and like it, it came out more than my best dream like wow. it, it's it's pretty rad um really cool thing and and in doing that got into i mean i'm not like a card reader or anything like that mm-hmm. but kind of got into that little esoteric thing and mm-hmm. pretty pretty goddamn interesting tarot is pretty cool so that that's pretty rad i do that i dj'd out in salt lake a while yeah what's up with the dj curtis strange why you, you missed me so much you steal my name <laughs> nah dude that's a pro golfer i know that uh, <laughs> uh just some, someone called me curtis strange once and those were my initials that i, I like did this uh we have like a movie theater that has like beers and such and uh it was like their dollar pizza slice night mm-hmm. and uh, a friend of mine made me a nice little flyer with a pinto like schematic drawing from uh, popular mechanics and i was like i'm gonna be dj sheep slice and my initials <laughs> and someone called me curtis strange once and then it was like a playstation code and yeah i just ran with it mm-hmm. i am also dj taiwan on like the mm-hmm. country and then on which is mm-hmm. pretty cool because mm-hmm. yeah everyone with the laptop put me out of work <laughs> yeah oh fuck yeah people still want to hear real djing uh yeah yeah i still get i still get a couple gigs mainly tattoo shops and anniversary parties but like i can't do the weekly grind with it yeah I, it's records are heavy and my turntables are heavy and they get sure up. and you won't you don't dj with you don't do digital djing no, like you that shit oh okay all day i paid the, i paid the bills doing that for a little while for nards at one point like doing weddings and uh <laughs> fucking fox and the hounds on wednesday nights (laughs) kind of kind of a weird thing when once i got here like cds you know were just really starting to happen i mean they were just really starting to happen so like metro odc you know i played cds with a mixing board but Mm -hmm. the thing that pisses me off is like some kid with a terabyte hard drive that doesn't own a single fucking thing i i've never pirated a a goddamn thing in my life oh really hell no I own every fucking. You pay for everything that you've got. Wow. Yeah. Whether right now I've been kind of lame and going through Amazon and getting stuff like back catalog shit, but yeah, I even I don't just get the MP3. I put the disc up in the attic. And I love cover art. I love reading liner notes. And these people, I don't think you deserve it. I don't think if you can download it and mix it with a program that fucking matches the beats. I don't understand how someone can walk around with. 40,000 songs or albums and figure out what they're going to play next and not be limited also to be like it's no problem when someone mm-hmm. comes up and asks you for like hey look do you got anything off low end theory and I'm like oh no man I don't have low end theory with me tonight I only got fucking people's instinct you know like mm-hmm. I only have this and this is where I'm going to take you I'm yeah. the fucking person that's right. paid and enjoy the ride you're, you're not well, you can control. make you could say i mean you could say no requests whether you're <laughs> using digital or you're using it you know yeah <laughs> i think uh my little odc flyer i still have one of those no requests night. that's right that kinda there was that. a guy uh howie pyro that would dj at uh um, coney island high when i was up there that had a flashing sign you just put on no requests up there because i'm the dj i mean you gotta trust me right you know, let me let me show you a good time for the ride. I was thinking about that too. Is that when I was working for Patrick, he said the average DJ knows X amount of songs. 
you know, like knows the names of them, know, you know, could, can just access them. And I take for granted that I'm like one of those people that there's just this huge like database of, of tunes in my head. You know, and I don't really, I, I really dig the aesthetic of a vinyl and I, I like playing with it and all that kind of stuff. But I also, my lack of patience makes me, that's why I download stuff. I mean, I'm, I can't make that claim that you made. I, I have paid for very little of what I have right now. And, and here's why. Most of it isn't very good. You know, I mean, I, I have a lot of stuff that like, like I on heard a about whole, on the whole album level or what? Well, not most of it, but there's a lot of stuff that like I read about or somebody told me about. And I was like, you know, before I go out and invest in this, I want to, you know, check it out. Right. And so I just download it, you know, and and my theory about that is, is the traditional music business. The artists didn't see very much of that money at all. They, you know, in order like back in the day, they had to, you the know, publishers made it. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you don't need you don't need a record label and all of that overhead to oh, create music now. Not to create music, but to get it out there. No, you, need, you don't you need, need all that team. shit. You, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you. It's much better if you have one, but people can get their stuff out there just by making their own connections. I mean, everybody has equal access to the information network. I get so you there, and like, it's not it, like driving them great. all over the city in trucks and putting up billboards on Sunset Boulevard. Well, and someone like, gets paid to know. hang billboards. That's true, and people used to get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play songs on the radio. They still do get paid that, but is that how a song should take off, or should it find its audience and be part of a community? You know, I mean, like people meeting people, and you know, recording is recording. I mean, that's that's a that's a whole different. But the game. whole marketplace was like, we decide what's on the radio. You don't you okay, unless well. you're somebody like you, and that's been going. It, they call it something else. Yeah. But it's been going on. It still goes on. Sure. I mean, these radio stations are owned by a company whose chief reason for existence Clear is channel. to take the money yeah. from the record labels. Yeah. So they just have that. They're like, well, we own all the. We used to own all the apertures. You have to pay us if you want people to hear it, you know. But you were the kind of guy that comb- worked in record stores mm-hmm. and combed through record stores looking for stuff. And now you don't have to. I mean, it's great. I, I love that magic thing that happens where you meet your your Merlin. Or your fucking Gandalf, your or whoever the fuck, and he, yeah, and, and they turn you on to shit. And you were one of those people for me, I guess. But there's also you can you can have that experience digitally, you know. Yeah. Follow the K hole of like this, you know. This band made me think of that band, and I'll I'll go crawling around on the internet entertaining myself, you know, for hours. So I don't know, like I I, I get where you're coming from, but like I got issues with that shit. Like I uh, hear you. It's too easy, man. Everyone wants it. But remember, not everyone has a fucking computer or the internet. Like, even though we uh, we always trick ourselves into thinking that. Yeah. You know, like, with doing, like, tattoo conventions and, and promotion on this level, I can track and see where, you know, where the hits are, how long someone's on there, Google Analytics. Right, right. And in the past five years, it's gotten fucking nuts. You know, mm-hmm. like you think someone sees something on the billboard and maybe you're like, okay, cool. The important thing is what it is, where it is, when it is. And then that goddamn URL with that website address. And you look at it and you're like, okay, are they doing Safari? Are they doing Internet Explorer? You can track all that shit. And now everyone's got, everyone's got a $400 personal computer in their mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah. But not everyone does. Just the fucking privileged people that we think of and mm-hmm. we associate with. And uh, kind of what you were getting to, it's it's all about 
what it is. Don't mm-hmm. live someone else's fucking story, someone else's life. Grassroots, put it down. If you see that show and that show changes your fucking life, mm-hmm. then there it is. I mean, people, right now, no one makes money off of selling records. Everyone does an MP3. Everyone does a digital download. And they make their money touring. Merchandise. Mm-hmm. Merchandising. Right. That's the only way. Like, and like, it's well, kind of cool. It like, way. touring it is sure. a great way for people. To I mean, get isn't out that there how people did it before? There was this brief period of mass industrial production of records and then CDs. I mean, that only started in like the, I don't know, twenties. What CDs? Vinyl. Oh, vinyl. You know, Putting like I mean, wax. we're talking. There's like a hundred years. Like before that, you publishing was, it was in a book. And you could buy the music book and take it home, and you had it to play on. Somebody in the family played the piano, and everybody could then have right. the Gershwin song or whatever the fuck, and then you know stand around and sing it. Oh, that wow. was how it was distributed then. And then they start making vinyl records, just seventy eights. Kind, kind of strange coming from you because I remember what's your dad's name? Curtis Payne. Curtis Payne Senior. and Bosham. I mean, that, that that's a house that was filled with records. Sure, but it's it for me. It's about music, man. Like I, I. I'm not a. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just have a like a much more relaxed, because I feel like I'd much rather like find out about some band like Mastodon, for instance. When I heard them initially, if I had gone and bought their record, I probably like I didn't like it when I didn't like them when I first heard them. Mm-hmm. But because I downloaded their entire catalog off a of BitTorrent, <laughs> they're gonna catch up with you. It 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 finally got through to me because it was just there. It was there. And I went back to it, and I listened to it. And anytime I get a chance, I will pay to see them. You know, sure. I would, I would really? gladly give them that. Because I want fucking into every fucking concert that I go to for free because I paid my dues. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I mean, I used to be that guy, but now I look at it like this: I steal so much music off the internet, I have to pay for the band that's touring. My main, and issue, I will go see them. My main know. issue with this shit is fucking little dinks getting paid to DJ that don't own a fucking thing. Now. When I was DJing at the Metro, and there's a little company called ASCAP and BMI. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, you're yeah, familiar yeah, with them. Yes, publishing. I have to, uh, we have to pay them yeah, for yeah. anyone at the tattoo convention. Whether we're broadcasting music or not, they're like, hey, if someone's got a laptop and they're doing it, and you're in a public place, you owe us eight cents per head that comes into your joint. I pay ASCAP all the time. Back in the 80s and 90s, you had to either be in a record pool which meant you bought your records from... A, you could go out, obviously, mm-hmm. and buy mm-hmm. other things. But you're either in a record pool or you pay to be a DJ. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing that like bands right. get. If you fucking cancel on us and you're in the union, yeah, it's a union. But yeah, motherfuckers with laptops don't know shit, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I'm at with the digital download world. Like, I... But whatever, I'm, well, a, I'm a grumpy old man. I'm I'm but. perfectly like I can I totally get where you're coming from with that, and I just like I had this different attitude about it, and you know I worked in re- for record labels and all that stuff, and like it that's how I got paid was if we sold you know was people selling CDs or selling records, and you know I just feel like there was an an entire economy created that really never benefited the musician unless the musician got really big yeah. like got to u2 level or you know metallica level or whatever sure. the rest of the time you know they they were like steve albini said forced to swim through a shit-filled trench for nothing and and, and there was just this racket oh. that existed the oh, music sure. business also renting a drum kit for two days for 800 dollars that also came with an eight ball 
Like, right. whatever. And they created an entire economy around that that benefited them. And, like, you know, this girl I knew in a band, like, in New York called Fluffer, she was talking about sleeping in her van while they and our guys were in the nice hotel on their money. Yeah. They owed the label for those guys, the promoters. and the I'm just going to ask you real clearly. Do you have something against Jews? Jews? <laughs> Are you implying there's some connection between saying, Jews and the music business? Oh, something that ends with a Stein or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, man, I just got like the I, way I, I see hear it. Where you're jaded with it all. No, I'm not jaded. Actually, I'm psyched about this because there always have been these, this mafia of dudes with that control the portals. They control the access, and they said who was what music you heard. Mm-hmm. And and they made the stars and they broke the stars and like whatever and we and most people took that for granted and had no idea how I was a relatively well informed music fan until leaving I Richmond. You on Soundgarden. Yeah, then you ruined it all. <laughs> um, got me into Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whoa. Fucking. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, but I went to like I went from Richmond to go work in to live in New York City and thought I was pretty because I knew about like fucking i don't know black flag sst records and i knew about touch and go records and i you know i knew some shit and i go to work at i I ended up with a job packing you know boxes at matador and find out like i don't know a goddamn thing i know like the most infinitesimal speck of what's out there because all that's out there is the loudest voice and the biggest billboard Mm -hmm. you know and you really really have to dig and like the people that ended up there were all that guy from the record stores from all over the country at least the northeast you know, there were all that that dude at the at you know the John Cusack guy. There was like twelve of them that worked in Matador, and they all had the same attitude. They were kind of a combination of the Jack Black and the John Cusack guy, and you know it was very like that was I got lucky there and I got turned on to all of this stuff. But the average person didn't get to find that out. I'm very happy to see that infrastructure the way it has been done falling apart and part of it is karma because when they invented the cd they came up with a cheaper digital way to make music Mm -hmm. and they charged twice as much for it the long box yeah all of that shit so the vinyl was actually like vinyl was more expensive to put it down like this it's ones and zeros right and we live in the ones and zeros your brain is ones and zeros yes and no yeah it, that too. That's it. That's it's the binary opposition. It's right. light and black, this or that. All of it's all logic. No gray matter. You know? Well, the gray matter comes in the in the, in the needle and the dust and the the, the that's beautiful that shit. Away. I can't. I still don't understand how a scully lathe like carves some shit into some plastic. But Hell. here's here's another issue. Okay, what are CDs and vinyl made out of? Oh, petroleum. That's right. That's right. You know, that's dinosaur, dinosaur bones. <laughs> yeah. I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones. You're bringing it back to Soundgarden again. But that, you know, hey, isn't this better that we're like music just exists in zeros and ones and, and on magnetic hard drives and it doesn't have to, it doesn't take any petroleum? <sighs> it to- is. <laughs> well, no, I mean, is it or is it just in the moment? I think I like it both I mean, ways. Like, you know? It's amazing. I mean, like, yeah, you can't. You can't go back to that Red Hot Chili Pepper show at Schaefer Court. You can't like, right. go through it, but you can You can capture it. I don't understand how you can capture it. I don't understand how a fucking television works still. Like, I don't get it. I get ones and zeros, but I don't ha- understand how it translates. 
I've been thinking about getting a digital printer and making some handguns and killing some people from TSA. <laughs> uh, 3D printer, you mean? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I saw some cool shit today where they can make plastic guns. That's fucking amazing. They can make all kinds of shit. I, I really didn't understand how that works either, but Reproduce there it is. Wild. And the thing I like, I, I live in, I live dualistically, you know, with this shit because I got vinyl. I don't have a lot of it because I weeded out my collection or I was broke or I sold stuff or whatever. Heroin, huh? You and Chang were... I, I go uptown, man. It was uptown, not downtown <laughs> oh, for me. Right. But Ketamine? Nah. <laughs> what? What's the new uptown thing I don't know about? Well, uptown is just any you know stimulant, but I... You know, oh, you know, the, I get it. The cocaine was cocaine. my thing. <laughs> cocaine. But, uh, I'm a meth fan, personally. It will last longer, I guess. But, you know, I like my teeth the way they are. But... You know, I like to put a fucking record. I like to take out like you know Neil Young after the Gold Rush and put that on the, the you know the, my turntable and sit there and look at that. I love that, and I'm yeah. not trying to. That can be that, but I also like to go, man. You know what? I want to listen. I want um, I want to go find you know that Butthole Surfers record that I don't own anymore, and I want to listen to it right now. Like I don't want to go you know find. Well, you it. don't deserve it right now. Well, you got to go find it. Instant gratification, huh? There is that, but there's also the you know this like the speeding up of thought to impl- you know implementation, you know, and then I get to pass. I, I don't think it's good. Yeah, well, that's cool though. I mean, I think it leads to something else that's good, you know. Like it frees me I think up. It's for, the journey. Yeah, I think like uh, I, like a couple of years back, I, my house was robbed. I lost uh, unfortunately like some of my really good crates and the way that it went down and. Uh, you know, I got a settlement. I went out to L.A., went to Amoeba, mm-hmm. picked up grip of records. But, like, there's some things I don't, don't have back. And, like, along that same thing where I was saying, like, you know, you got your you got your laptop open and how are you going to figure out how many songs you got, like, what you're going to play and be limited. Like, there's not a single record that I own that I don't know where and when I bought it. And, yeah. And what the day was like and what I was doing and where my my state of mind was and that's a lot easier than hitting Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. getting the dump you know like even though I've been doing it and I have, still have them send me the, the CD for it I don't know why I mean fucking cars don't even have CD players in them anymore they just have a box I have one of mine jack you know <laughs> I have both the uh... yeah. I mean mixtapes were my fucking that was my you were fucking great at that it. was my romanticizing life you know like yeah. hey girl hello mixtape for you yeah. I tried to do uh, 99 and 99 I tried to make 99 pause tapes uh-huh. and I was like uh, living I was living just with some friends and had a boom box and I'd like travel with it to get snowboarding to Jackson Hole I made Action Jackson I tried to be smart and make two two word names for each one each side had a different and then Got lost at about seventy or so for the Not for the millennium. Pauses. I was trying to get the mm-hmm. like ninety nine mixtapes in the mm-hmm. year. I made about seventy of them. Sent my friend went to Europe and I gave him about ten or fifteen of them. And I was like, just spread them around and like put a little note in there. Like if you got this tape, drop me a line. And uh, see, I fucking that, love that the mixtape. The the pause tape is that's still but that you can still that have that not, you know and like for the people. It's still there. You can still do it. I got, you know, and it, know. just because 
this no, other just, thing I'm, exists. I'm just bitch, bitching because yeah. no one's like hiring me to play records, but I don't give a fuck. I got my own speakers and I'll get set up in your park and we'll have a jam. There you go. Get somebody. <laughs> get on it. I mean, I, I like that for a little while I was like taking my iPod or like a, a laptop into some place like acapella and DJing. And I felt like I was still taking people on the journey of songs, but it was something I could fucking carry under my arm to go there. And I just don't have the attention span and I'm not good with material. Like I totally back what you're saying, but like I can't take care of stuff like that. I can't cart it around. I mean, I've been stripped down to nothing a bunch of times, you know, and don't be a DJ. Oh, bullshit. Wouldn't hire a clown to fix the job. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a different thing. You know, it's like, it's still, both things have value to me. You know, it's not either or, you know, it's it's if and this you know and I'm big into and like I I like it like it always both ways I don't like to choose you're in the gray area huh yeah yeah because right. I mean it's just namaste motherfucker that's right that's right <laughs> it, it you know it is what it is yeah I mean like I you can't br- I you know I was one of those people like to you know really like to be against shit and like I just like really like to be for shit right now all right like, just put all that I'm down with that you know. Like there's plenty of people the talking heads that get on the radio and flip out about how outrageous all of this shit is, but everybody's doing something outrageous, you know, and like nobody's got the monopoly on that. So anyway, you were back to me. Yeah, sorry about that, (laughs) CJ. We had a little argument about uh, that's not really an argument, I guess. It was an exchange of opinions there. But you you grew up in. Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, Virginia, yeah. Yeah, and worked at a record store down there. Is, I did. Did it start there for you, or was it before the record store? Um, Did it start? It started before that, um, but uh, definitely caught a lot of flames there. Um, before that, I hung out at a, like, a reggae record store and would help them like hang up flyers, and they, would, uh, they did reggae shows and punk rock shows down there. And uh, I hung out and worked at a surf shop, but uh, I don't know where where my love for music came. My uncle worked at Radio Shack, still does. Super into disco, and was a record collector. So I definitely fell in love with music. But yeah, like early on, like going and like just somehow like going to a brunch spot or something and seeing a band like a little jazz duo or trio playing like. I fell in love with music and uh, out of that like yeah the record store the record store thing was cool I knew what I wanted and I took it and I did it and it was a fun little thing I came mm-hmm. in this guys had a they had a record store they had uh, bought an old called Captain Ben's old record store used record store and uh, they opened up this spot called it the sound company and they opened up a little satellite one and it was a little shoebox on Atlantic, and they're mainly hustling cassette tapes to tourists during the summer. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, picked up the long box, the CD, when it first came out. And I had already been working at the surf shop, and I came in. And I was like, "Hey, I kind of like what you guys are doing. I want to work for y'all." And they're like, well, "We're not really hiring or whatever." I was like, "Well, how about this? I come in on Friday. You don't pay me. I sell twenty cassette tapes." whatever the amount was and I did that and then some they're like cool you're hired 
so got into that still hustling cassettes cds were out and uh worked there for a while and i went to my junior year of high school i went to new music seminar by myself pretty humbling experience to go to new york when you're in high school mm-hmm. and stay in the washington square hotel by yourself and uh first night in instead of paying my my room rate because it comes with a laminate let's see 18 years old let's see into crazy fucking nightclubs mm-hmm. red zone like anything palladium all this shit decided to go out and party drink keep my shit at fucking um what is it not port authority but wherever the bus comes in from the terminal there and like and then it was on so i saw like some of my idols red hot chili peppers definitely fucking changed some shit up for me once i got introduced to them and they were they were playing there and guar actually was there at that and uh, yeah like i was into it i came up here and uh kind of wanted to work in the music industry everything that you hate about it i kind of wanted to get into the a yeah. and thing but and then working at metro and doing that shit you know i worked with sony and uh, we used to do like a lot of promotional giveaway nights and all those flats and all that dumb display shit that they would give away but mm-hmm. i agree with you it's a fucking crooked fucking business the wrong people are getting paid but well, and not every record label is like that, you know. That's just like the the behemoths that are. You kind of got to be though. I mean, how you, how are you gonna put it out there, set up, open up an office complex, put people to work, and not expect to get something? Well, I mean, do, do you want me to answer my? You know, want to get into that that just whole do thing? It. All right. Just say it. Well, first of all, I mean, you don't need all like an office complex to do that shit. You didn't need it back then. I mean, I worked for a record label. It was me, Bill Rose, and Mark Rainey. It was TKO Records, and Bill you know Rose. we put out a thousand record. I mean, we like each release was a thousand CDs. You know, and it's like the old, you know, the the SST or the Discord network of like people telling people. You know, and the you know the people who were really into this shit, they they. They trust the fucking label, you know. They trust the brand. They find out it's out there, you know. They're into the, whatever. If you're into street punker, that's my yeah. though. Hmm? That's my new. Yeah, but you don't need it to be. But so I big. Mean, Discord is like the most awesome iconoclastic business model ever. Yeah, and they did it all. They based it on what was sustainable at a period of time, like with what they were doing. You know, if it needed magic markers and copy paper and all of that, that's how they did it until there was enough resources to take it to the next level but people want to open the fucking you know five floor thing at the capital goddamn record building which is you know and and do all of that employ all these people but it isn't really necessary you know yeah and and like what like the 70s created the idea of the rock star you know the guy who's like a fucking you know a millionaire who is and that's like the only thing anybody wanted to be but what's wrong with being a touring musician? You know, the bard on the road, the Robert Johnson, that's fucking what he was. And he pretty much invented rock and roll. You know, he was just a guy riding trains with his guitar. You know? Well. I'm romantic like that about it. You know? Uh, I'd blame it on the people that bought into that shit. That continued to fucking want to be the rock star. Well, yeah. Because they didn't... I mean, you know, they, that Steve Albini thing, I'm sure you've read it, The Problem with Music, where he's... Yeah, oh, you should check it out sometime. It's pretty awesome. He's just, they take... They took... You know, if somebody was big, like Nirvana, then they went looking for the next Nirvana, and they took a whole bunch of bands that were, you know, at a certain level. Um, what, I, what, I, what I think is uh, getting cheated with the MP3 in the download world 
is what we went through and what we were able to experience you mm-hmm. know seeing flower at, at the metro and, yeah you know like rape man and seeing all those kind of shows that grassroots shit i mean it's still out there people are definitely doing it i don't go out right. seven nights a week like i did when mm-hmm. i introduced you but uh send instant gratification yeah that, that people want and then that 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 knowledge that people really don't have but yet they think they do yeah well there's 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 definitely a lot of like you know people just collecting a bunch of stuff and it's empty and you can see you can tell that that's not there's nothing there for you pretty vacant yeah pretty vacant but like I still go to real small rock shows and it's it's even cooler to me now I mean I have like I don't know let's see value it's never gonna stop yeah I mean people are gonna keep it keep it real but uh I just, I just hate kids with laptops. Who yeah. Paid to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's the line. Hey, well, that's very understandable. Man. But I gotta yeah. leave. I'm playing down at the, some other spot here, and I think my laptop's done charging. So I'll talk to you later. Oh, for real? No. <laughs> 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 throwback set. I'm gonna play a little Urban Dance Squad. I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah. Have you ever yeah, they actually. Uh, I was thinking of that deeper shade of soul and that. Uh, um, say a little prayer for my demo and all that shit. Like not that long ago, those guys were like Dutch or something. Were they? Yeah, I thought they were from San Diego or something. No, I think they were Scandinavian. But like they, um, they played at the Metro, didn't they? That was a really. I don't know. I don't know why the hell I just brought that up stream of consciousness wise, but but that is where we started out, man. Like, I mean, it was the infancy of like the hip hop thing. You know, yeah, we were the listening new to metal, like type thing. Yeah, yeah, we were listening equal time with like Tribe Called Quest and and Ice T and things like that, <laughs> and and uh, which is hilarious to think that that guy is just like an actor who plays a cop now yeah. uh, on I TV. I saw him on uh, what's his name, uh, the awesome guy Jimmy Fallon show the other night. Mm-hmm. That show is awesome. It's awesome. Did you see the? Did you see it from the launch? Uh uh-uh. uh You mean like Jimmy like Fallon the first from the? Week, no. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. He tanked so hard, but man, he's fucking pulled around. And speaking of geniuses, fucking Quest Love's new book. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. Mm-mm. Well, I think I read an article uh, interview with him recently. He probably mentioned it, but what's it called? Did you read it? No, I uh-huh. just I just heard about it on the uh, NPR on, on a little sweaty balls on a. Little <laughs> little podcast um that guy's talk about wealth of knowledge of fucking music Mm, yeah yeah and i love the way that those guys will take some bullshit pop tune and they'll play it on the classroom instruments in the uh in the dressing room and it's great you know robin thick song yeah or or they did that that what's her face the friday song Oh um, no! I only saw the Robin Thicke one. Oh, there's there. a bunch of them. That's they're, right. They're good, and they're fucking geniuses. They're the roots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I like. There's nothing really bothering me. Like, that's you know, like I just ignore the shit that I think is like lame, you know, because all of that cool stuff that I've ever, all the quality shit is still out there and it never went away. Yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah, like I mean, I think it's really, you know, like I, I agree. You got to fuck around and like play your instrument and or you gotta you know it's great to learn i'm all for like the the really my dad wouldn't let me touch a chainsaw until i learned how to use a handsaw you know (laughs) that's that's cool and i you know i believe in that but like you know i mean i know where to find the shit i dig and like it's really easy for me to blow off or ignore the 
stuff that's that I don't, you know. I like that. Your dad wouldn't let you touch a chainsaw until you learned how to use a handsaw. Yeah, it's old school tradesman stuff, man. You got to learn how to use uh, all of the uh, basic tools of the trade, the hammer, the nail, the saw, all of that stuff before you can graduate to anything else. It's the old that's apprentice cool. model, you know. But this, see, the thing is, you like punk rock. I like punk rock. Yeah. Right? There were these those guys said we're not going to become masters or, or geniuses or, or journeymen or whatever we're just going to go straight to doing it like we're just going to get up on, we're going to go from we all look good in our clothes and like we can find some instruments to play and let's just fucking do it these guys are you fags know? yeah but i mean that's what i that's what i like about it, is it like i can do this thing you know that like without getting a job at a record i mean at a radio station i can get paid know? to stand on stage and wear clothes like no fuck that caius well i mean n- they never made any money and like they're legendary but i don't know it's like what are you working for do you want i mean do you need to make money at the thing that you love or can you just do that thing you love and and do something else for the money that's you know yeah i mean i don't think uh i think the days of not being able to play anything and calling it cool are done and like everyone's going to emulate everyone else you're not going to sell so many t-shirts by just getting up there and doing nothing like you got to fucking be able to play or have a gimmick but like you have to be able to write a good song well, and be able to play the song that you wrote to to sustain you know? and for shit to go and like you know the publishers to get paid for years and years on mm-hmm. end but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck them well, what are they publishing. let's let's get up as a common uh like music fan music a freak and aficionado question like top five all-time records that if you could had to get rid of all of your records you could only have these five what would they be huh van halen's first album yeah probably a cult love mm-hmm. um, this is always i run through this thing all the time first thing that comes to the top of your head now Masters of Universe. Uh, damn. Paul's That's three. Uh huh. That's four. All day. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of entertainment. On that it one. is. It is a lot. And then, uh, shit. And it's gonna have to involve Sade. And it's gonna be uh, Promise or Diamond Life. Diamond Life is where That's I think I'm going. Yeah, I need my cherry pie. <laughs> Sade, everybody loves Sade. I don't know if you've ever been fortunate enough to see her live. I haven't. I did at the uh, Richmond Fairgrounds. Yeah. Invigable Planets opened up, uh-huh. and that was a fucking mind-altering, life-changing evening. It seems a lot of people felt that way, and they, I didn't get to go to that show, but a lot of people came from it saying every kind of person was there, Oh, it was, and everybody loves Sade. Yeah. It was, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I've been to a lot of shows, and that was. So, what are you what are you psyched about with this? Who, what artists are here that you're the most, uh, you know, excited to to be seeing? And uh, you think um, other people who are into this that may not know already? We got kind of a cast of usual suspects that do this show for the past two years, and and the Salt Lake. Um, we got some some heads that I haven't done uh, Scott Sylvia and Corey Miller from Blackheart Tattoo uh, Scott hasn't done the Salt Lake show in quite a few years and he's doing it 
big name, uh, Tony Hundall, Steve Byrne. It's kind of it's kind of the same cast mm-hmm. with what we do. I don't know who they are though. So who? Right. Yeah. Um, who? Give me some names, man. Some of your there was a couple faves. Uh, some more. Like people that I like to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Who do you think? You know, Randy G. Roins. Mm-hmm. That guy's awesome. Uh, no, it's like a, it's a lot of it's a lot of familiar friends and a lot of people that we work with all the time. I'm just really. Uh, Jason Campfear still. Yeah, around? he's still around. He's not. He's not working the show this year. We got um, Kate Helen Brands coming. Um, she's a old soul. Been tattooing for a long goddamn time. I don't know, about forty plus years, forty one years now. Um, Zeke Owen maybe coming to help out with the uh, judging of the tattoo contest. Doc Dog, the three years ago we had a rose for him for his fiftieth year of tattooing. Jack Rudy's big name always. I don't, there's a movie called Tattoo Nation, featuring a lot of the black and gray stuff that's been happening in California for a while. And uh, Kate Helen Brand. It's black and gray, like the kind of the prison yeah tattoo yeah, style, yeah, mm-hmm. the fine line, like traditional cholo type mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, yeah, um, Zeke Owen um, worked with. Uh, well, he worked down the street from Sailor Jerry. Um, we got a. And Sailor Jerry is like the, uh, like one of the quintessential old tattoo guys. Tell me a little bit about him and fill me in. Um, as much as I know, I mean, he's yeah, he's like uh, opened up a well, old school like a World War One or not World War One tattoo, but two, two, two maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, Virginia's got a. Re- I mean, back to Virginia. Virginia's got a really cool history with tattooing. And yeah, it's, and it's really neat to see it happen. I mean, like since like what about forty five? It was illegal down in Tidewater after yeah. World War Two, and um, you know, it was illegal a lot of places up until what the nineties, just until recently. Like yeah, Virginia Beach and all that. Like when we were here, like in the '90s, like that's why Richmond was so heavily tattooed in such a hot spot. Because it wasn't legal here, right? Because I mean, when I moved to New York in, in like '94, it was illegal. It's been illegal in it was Manhattan until about five, six years ago. There was this guy, uh, friend of ours, he was a Japanese kid named like Mihai or something like that, and his dad tattooed out of his loft above the Bowery, like right above where CBGBs was. It was all secret shit. Like you had to know the password get in there and sure back alley stuff yeah oh yeah what the hell is that all about anyway why was it hygiene like what why was tattooing illegal what what would be the sailors and bar fights i don't know a way to discriminate against some some unsavory characters yeah i'm not sure why the fuck that should like you'd have to talk to an anthropologist about that I'm talking to you. Oh, man. hey. I'm God back. damn it. Back. I need a yingling. Give me a second. Uh, well, <laughs> it takes a lot longer than a minute for me to get into all the. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just being a drag. Yeah. I, yes. Your mate's not happy with your girlfriend? That's right. What's the deal, Morgan? Morgan, you going to chime in? I don't know. It's just kind of gone downhill since she came into the, came into the picture for, for him. She seems like but she's you know, pretty it makes all right. You know, it makes you realize that being at my age, I don't need to be answering anybody else what goes on in my fucking house. 
you know, get your own house. Pay. I work. I pay to build. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Get your roommates. So you know, I don't really. I, I can make it happen without any uh, contributions. There haven't been any <laughs> since <laughs> I have mentioned that. I think people are like, there are people who like. You know, <laughs> looked at this on Facebook. There's some guy fucked up his ankle and can't work from Motawawa. You know, he's like a friend of uh, Jason Hodges. You know, busted his ankle, can't work. Huge medical bills, and people are trying to raise money for him. I'm just trying to get a little. <laughs> I'm moving to, you know, so I can live alone in a large house. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just work for it, folks. But uh, you've been listening to these all day. It's feedback. really fucking pretty radical to be yeah. like 2,000 miles away and like uh, kind of catch up. Yeah, so, I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like uh, it's just about. Uh, that that is exactly what it's about is you being able to be in utah and listen to that and that's what i dig about the digital thing oh no you know? don't get me wrong uh, on that. i like that <laughs> i definitely know? i mean i can't hear terry gross at the right time because i don't have it's, a fucking car so. right <laughs> it's all my, it's sitting there on my laptop yeah or my desktop but uh yeah no no i'm not against the digital i like i understand the ones and zeros that makes sense to me but I'm just against the fucking kids in the really tight pants because I used to wear really fucking tight pants. Yeah. Before they were even born. Yeah. And uh, they need to step off and buy some turntables. Yeah. Oh well, why don't you just take those kids in hand and 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 like pick be that guy at the record store who says, "Look, I see you have potential." You know. You Honestly, have some... I don't give a fuck. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I can't commit to like one week at a bar, or one night a week at a bar doing that shit, anyways. Because. It's a really, because I'm thinking about getting, you know, this guy Thor is taking over. Uh, the, Thor? Yeah, his name's Thor. He's a, he's a chef, cook. He's, he's bought uh, Empire, which is where Metro Rockets, Rockets and, Metro. and stuff is. And, and he's getting that going, and he's gonna, he wants to reopen the upstairs oh, right. for shows. And I was talking to somebody the other That's day. Why don't, we ha- why don't we get an, another like dance night going? You know? Tuesday night dance night is done. And People don't dance anymore, you, Kurt. Have I never danced that? at that thing either. You just sat there and drank underage, or what you do? Yeah, and listened to you DJ and saw <laughs> bands and like shot the shit with people. So we just have a you know a dual generation or a tri generational thing, you know, like the old farts like us can be there. And then I think it'd be, be rad if people could hipsters. fucking dance again. I've been to Coachella, I've been to all this shit, and like people maybe will move a little bit there, but we well, heard Bo. We've always been the the hugger uh, swayers, you know. Like that whole, oh, yeah. <laughs> stand in front of the band, crush mm-hmm. arms. <laughs> I'm cooler than you. But we used to, you know, yeah. yeah. It's I'm very insecure, and I don't want anybody to see me move funny. So right. I'm just gonna try to contain my spasms, my spastic nature. People, you know, whatever, man. I, I like the idea of just some excuse. Dance night was never the accurate name for that. But when people did dance, it would dance. It was, it was hook up with college girl night. That was right. If you didn't get laid on dance night, you were not you trying. No game. You weren't breathing. <laughs> you got no game. <laughs> but that was, you know, that was awesome. Those and and you had. I remember you DJing shit like people wouldn't normally dance to, and them dancing in there. You know, like mixing the rock and roll records with the hip hop records and all that stuff. And that was a relatively new right. thing in the culture at that point. You know, I don't know. I'd I'd like to you know Mash you up. move back to town. You can be the promoter. You can be the new. Uh, what was that fucking guy's name that that promoted the shows over there? That went to Twisters. Mark. Mark. You'll be the new Mark. <laughs> you know, promised that Soundgarden's going to be there. 
<laughs> get a bunch of bands on the bill. He did <laughs> Soundgarden is the theme. Like they keep, he did yeah. that one time. Like he the word on the street was that they were playing and Oh, he was he was solid. He wasn't he wasn't fronting on anything. No. Shit happens. Yeah. Things don't happen. Shit happens. That, that's a, that's a fucking slippery slope. Promoting, yeah, you know, booking shows, something you never want to do. I know. Yeah. Doing the impossible for the ungrateful. I, I worked in a club one time, and people would sign these contracts and say that they knew what they were, you know, they what they had to make before they started getting paid. Mm-hmm. And they'd come to the fucking show, and they'd get on the stage and play the show, and see a hundred people out there, and think, "All right, we're making some money." And then they'd come up to the office, and I'd give them twenty dollars because they had to pay the sound man and the doorman. Right. And so on. Yeah. You know, they never get. It costs money to have a room for you to go into with your Fuck shitty yeah. band. You know? Yeah. Keeping that beer cold. And and by that same token, it costs a lot of money for CJ to have this nice Richmond Convention Center for you guys to come to your come to the Tattoo Festival. So bring your asses out here and check it out. Is it when does it actually start? It starts Friday. Friday. And how long does it go on? November twenty second through the twenty fourth. It's this weekend. This it's weekend, right there at the Greater Richmond Convention Center. Is there musical entertainment? Are they gonna be bands? Are no, you? no, we don't do that. It, it, Is um, that the Coliseum? That's the, right yeah, that's Richmond Coliseum. Holy shit! Where we've seen Slayer play, yes. seen Prince play there. The Cult and Metallica. Were you at that? Remember that show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no live bands. Nothing no, like that? no, it's it's pretty. It's a, it's a small hall. It's it's all about tattooing and uh, the people that the couple vendors that we have. Uh, Symbols clashing in a room like that doesn't sound good while you're getting tattooed. It didn't sound good when I was doing it at the other one. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do that. We had um, the first year we did it, Dave Smalley uh, played a little acoustic, or not acoustic, just him and a guitar and a fucking That's little cool. small amp. You know Dave Smalley is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That was fun, but yeah, every once in a while we'll do something like, um, like an acoustic act or something mm-hmm. like that, but yeah. The, it's about tattoos. It's all about it's, tattoos. Yeah, it's what about food? Is there any food? They got vendors. The, yeah. Are the concessions that are in there? It's decent food. They got Who's beer, there? Liquor. Who, who the vendors? Aramark. <laughs> oh, that kind yeah. of vendor. You don't have no, any local they, they barbecue guys, guys or anything like that. Can't bring anything in. They, oh, like, they have right. concession they have a, contracts. Uh, it's like yeah, a yeah, yeah. Whatever you call that shit. Cool, Exclusive though, contract. You know, it'd be rad. Is next year to get fucking uh, some of the food trucks. Is that catching on out here? Is food trucks getting big out here? Yeah, yeah. There's we a. Could, there's we a could put them right across the street, right there, right by the uh, Coliseum. There's mm-hmm. a little realm to boot. Maybe you should do it in the Coliseum next year. Yeah. We're good over here. I haven't. St- <laughs> I haven't set foot in that place since 1989. I don't think. I didn't even know they. What the? What do they do in there? Do they um, still have shows. Cockfights. Yeah, cock mostly. Fights. Mm-hmm. And I gotta go. Monster I'm trunk rally. One of them. I got about six and a half inches. I gotta take a. Really yeah, I gotta match. take a piss too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, CJ. Up your bitch ass. Up my bitch ass. <laughs> That's nice. I have to say, when I walking away from that conversation I was struck by and maybe in the, I was comforted by the fact that CJ is still CJ and he is absolutely still the guy that I knew back then still promoting still moving and shaking you know that's a whole other art in of itself you know being the being the person who brings it all together and talks it up and uh, you know and whips up interest whips up the frenzy and all of that and uh, I think that's something he does really well but he's also a really uh, he's a real lover of uh, 
of music and art and things. And whilst we don't agree in the death knell of things, um, maybe it's a little, I think it's a little bit more noise, but all the good shit's still out there. There's, if, if not, if anything, I think there's more of it because I think technology has removed the obstacles from being creative more than it has fucked up anything. <laughs> That's my opinion. And uh, speaking of removing obstacles, my uh, my girlfriend, Morgan, she has this bakery, Ganesha Bakery, and she's all about removing the obstacles between people who are gluten intolerant and allergic and delicious treats. And you can get her delicious treats this Saturday at the Lakeside Farmer's Market, but you can order any her stuff anytime on her from her Facebook page, which is uh, Ganesha Bakery Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'm not gluten-free, but her stuff, I'm not just saying this, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this because she's my girlfriend. This stuff is good. They're delicious pies. It's hard to get a pie crust right without the gluten. It's hard to get a pie crust right with the gluten, and she gets them right. Makes wonderful apple pies, pumpkin pies, blueberry pies. I've had her pizza crust, which is amazing, and her dinner rolls and stuff's made with almond flour and flaxseed flour. And uh, she also makes really great candies that are vegan-free. I'm vegan if you want them. They don't have to be. Stuff's not technically, all of it is not intentionally vegan, but it can be made vegan, you know what I'm saying? So check her out. Visit the Lakeside Farmer's Market anyway. They're going to be inside probably this weekend because it's a little cold, but they'll still be open. And uh, hey, kids. Never mind. That's all right. I'll talk to you later.